Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Google Play Music and on the new Google Podcasts app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and even on the Overcast app for iOS. Plus, if you didn't see the big news we recently announced, NHTE is now available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Missouri, my guest is the lead singer of Billboard Top 20 and three-time ACM-nominated country act The Lost Trailers. The band was founded in 2000 and just released a six-song EP in September entitled Between Stages, which was done by an award-winning producer in Music City. The band is on the Grade 1 View Music record label, This Friday, December 7, they will be performing in Springfield, Missouri. You've been hearing the radio single from their new release, a song called Smoke Signals. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Jeff Dane. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me, man. Jeff, welcome. Thanks so much for taking time out to speak with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I appreciate it. So let's have you start off by telling the listeners all about that song that we were just playing called Smoke Signals. Yeah, that was a song. Uh, it's our first single. We uh, we wanted to kind of come out swinging, coming out of the gate swinging with that one. Um, it's a little bit different sound than what we've done in the past. And, uh, you know, it's just a song about uh, a guy who's um, obviously it's got that sort of heartbroken uh, um tone to it the, the the girl left him and instead of sitting around feeling sorry for himself he's he's burning all of her pictures and burning everything that <laughs> reminds him of her um in his backyard on a weber grill while drinking some beers and but yet he's still i guess kind of reaching out to her to the extent he's saying you know i'm sending you these smoke signals mm. uh hope you hope you hope you can see it you know <laughs> like, hope you can see what's going on right now so it was a little it's a little bit different lyrically i mean it's an interesting concept and uh but, uh, you know, it, it's got a, a definitely a more country rock tone to it, for sure. Yeah, I like that you said that when you started to talk about it, because when I first started to play the song, when you sent it to me, I thought, wait a minute, I thought these guys were country. It sounds a little more on the rock side. And then as the song starts to evolve more, you do hear kind of the blend of the two. So it, it, it did stand out to me, and I'm saying this as a compliment, that it was different. It didn't sound like the same yeah, thing yeah. that you're used to hearing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, usually what we've tried to do uh, is with songs like that one is just hope that my voice lends itself to being country enough that we can, you know, experiment with uh, new sounds like that. I remember when we uh, were uh, in the studio with it, we came up with the idea of having it be sort of country meets the white stripes. And I think we, we kind of did capture that sort of that sort of sound, you know, like Jack, you know, Jack White meets country, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I alluded to him in the intro, but talk about the producer that you worked with for this EP, his credentials and how y'all got hooked up with him. 
Yeah, so it's it's the producer's Dave Tuff. Um, I've known him actually. Uh, he's from Missouri, and I'm from Missouri, and we actually went to the same high school. Wow. Um, he, and uh, he was he was older. He was a year older than me in high school, and um, we actually played in a couple bands together, just messing around back when we were kids and stuff. Um, and so he went on to do big things, um, in, in music, uh, graduate from Pepperdine out in California. And then I, uh, ended up going to law school out in California and, uh, he was back in Nashville and had already had some success with some artists and some songs. He, he'd won, uh, I think at that point, at least two Dove Awards and, um, and won, uh, the John Lennon writers competition a couple times, which was big, um, and so when I decided then after law school that I wanted to go ahead and get back into music, uh, I came out there and he was he was the first person I called. So we had done some stuff together. We've been doing we've been writing and, and, and working together for several years now. Um, and and yeah, we're just really lucky to have him. It's been it's been fun. And of course, we get each other so well. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> working together in the studios sort of effortless now for us because it's like when you play with a band for you know several years you you can look over and just know what the guitar player is going to do and that's how i feel like with us in the studio he could just say one word and i know what he means or what he wants from me <laughs> that's great that's that's a huge accomplishment in and of itself because a lot of times we end up talking on the show about selecting a producer for your project and if it's someone new someone that you're working with for the first time there's that learning curve, which you really don't want when you're going in and trying to do something important. No, it's true. There, there's to... a lot of amazing producers in Nashville, and, and I would, you know, any, you know, who are great to work with. But I would, I wouldn't want to work with anybody other than Dave at this point, just because together he and I have sort of created this sound, this this different sound. Well, and the point I'm making is that there really has to be an instant chemistry for an artist who's about to record, if it's the first time they're working with a producer, they got to hit it off right away to know, okay, this is who I'm meant to work with. Otherwise, there's going to be this feeling out period that I feel, in my opinion, is going to kind of affect the project. Because sure. You're still yeah, getting it's going to hinder it a little bit, I think, honestly. Yeah. And especially because we, 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 we sort of effectively broke up uh, the Lost Trailers. We broke up uh, in 2016, the end of 2016. And was laying dormant for a while until I was, you know, made the decision to bring it back. And I knew that in bringing it back, we'd been off the radar for a while. So if we're going to come back, we need to come back swinging. And I did, I just knew Dave would be the guy to, to, to come with this fresh, this fresh sound, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. And listeners, I want to clarify, Jeff does live in Nashville. He's talking about that. That's where Dave is based. He just happens to be in Missouri today, but Jeff does live in Nashville, and that's why he's able to talk about being right there with Dave at the same time. Jeff, the EP itself, I mentioned that it's called Between Stages, and in the lead-up to today's interview, I read what you said Between Stages is a reference to, but let's not keep it between ourselves. Go ahead and fill the listeners in on what what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, I wrote that song with uh, a guy named Justin Bush, um, he's a singer, songwriter, producer out in um, Newport Beach, California, and I was just out there visiting him and hanging out with him um, in between some uh, some some shows we were doing. And I had just come off a pretty bad breakup with the you know someone I, I really liked and cared about and loved, and 
he asked me how I was doing, you know, getting over her. And I said, I said, you know, I'm, I, I, at this point it's pretty good. Um, other than I only think, I only tend to think about her when I'm not on stage. And then immediately we started rolling with that. Okay. Between stages is the time I think about her. Well, then that, then that turned into sort of this double entendre of being in a transitional between stages of life, you know, the actual music stage playing up there, but then also, transitioning into a different stage of my life being in nashville and, and being with the lost trailers and stuff like that so we kind of just rolled with it and we sat there in his studio in california and wrote that um song in probably under an hour it just was it was wow. just coming to us wow and, well and on top of that there's even a third layer to this which i think the fans the the listeners would be interested in hearing about and that is that you described Life on the road is tough. I think everyone looks at it as glamorous. Oh, you get to go and do all these performances, but you're talking about the the between like the physical stage you perform on that that, oh, yeah. that life on the road part. Yeah, that's true. I I always I always try to tell people it's not the 1980s being in Motley Crue. I mean, we don't have like <laughs> hot tub, you know, uh, limousines and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's work. It's a job, and and you know it is a grind and it is hard then to sort of like be in normal type relationships when you're out there doing what we do and stuff. Um, I mean, some people manage it better than others, but me as an artist, as a singer, I, I, uh, I, um, uh, I like it, but uh, it takes its toll on you for sure. So when I'm not, when I'm not on the road, I do enjoy coming back to my bed, my bedroom and just hanging out, you know, <laughs> not being around people. Well, so let's let's start to put some of these pieces together here. So I mentioned listeners that Jeff is in Missouri right now. He's originally from there. But Jeff, what is the story in terms of how, when, and why you moved to Nashville? Because I had seen, you, you mentioned law school, but I had seen that for college you had gone to Baylor, which is in Texas. So right. how and when and why do you end up living in Nashville? So I yeah I graduated high school, joined the army, got out of the army, and then decided, okay, I I want to go to college. And um, had some friends who had gone down to Baylor. I was actually planning to go to Texas A and M because I just always growing up, you know, a big eight football fan. I wanted to, I knew I wanted to go to like a Texas school. That's all I knew, you know. <laughs> and um, went down and visited some of my friends at Baylor and, and fell in love with the school and the community. And were you a football player or just a football fan? I played I played football in high school and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'd always played football um, from the time I was probably in third grade. We had out here what's called Mighty Mites, which is like Pop Warner. Some you know, some people might call it Pop Warner or Mighty Mites is mm -hmm. what we called it. But uh, yeah, so I'd always played. Um, you know, and at the time I was, you know, I'm six foot two thirty at the time. So, did you have designs on perhaps playing college football, or was it that's just where my buddies went? I, I thought I'd go to A and M no, or did. somewhere. Yeah, I did. Uh, at the time, the program at Baylor, especially, they were just asking people to walk on because they wow. they had well, they had been in the Big Twelve at that point for a while, but um, they were always bottom of the bottom of the barrel in the Big Twelve, and that was before you know, the, the, the program got turned around and then they became national championship contenders. But yeah, at the time I thought that might be fun, but I just, I loved, I liked the school and the atmosphere. It was very, you know, it was just that college experience that I always kind of wanted to with, you know, the buildings are beautiful. The campus is beautiful. The people are friendly. Um, the education there is, is top notch. 
And so from um, from there, I graduated and got a job with uh, at the time he was a United States congressman. He's now a United States Senator Roy Blunt hmm. uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, worked for him for a num- for a handful of years. And then that led to a job as a lobbyist uh, with the American wow. Lung Association. And then from there, went to law school, decided to go to law school. But I'd done music my whole life. I'd been even in, like down at Baylor on the weekends. I put together a little band with some some fellow friends and we'd go around performing and I'd sing and, you know, in the little honky okay. tonks around central okay. Texas, central and south Texas. And I'm stuff. smiling over here. I'm listening to you describe all this and I'm thinking to myself, is music anywhere in this? Because what this guy is telling me right now does not sound like it. Had. It always, no, it always <laughs> was. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it was always there. I mean, um, no matter what I was, you know, I was trying to do what I thought maybe society expected of you know mm. the typical okay you know you you get a job you 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 know you get married or whatever and mm. have kids or whatever yeah. and so i was you know li- trying to live that life but music was just always in my heart and my soul and uh honestly one of the most miserable times for me it was a good time it was a fun time but it was also there was, i knew there was something missing was when i was in law school well law school's pretty demanding so i didn't really have time to do music as much as i had my whole life mm. Um, and I was like, what's missing? And, you know, when I stopped to think about it, I was like, well, it's music, you know, I'm not out there performing like I used to all the time. And so my last semester of law school, I remember I was sitting with my roommate and, uh, I just turned and we were watching the ACM awards and I turned to him and I was like, I'm going to go to Nashville and become a country singer. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) You know, like you need to stay here and like take the bar and, I was like, no, I'm going to do it. So, wow. And I did. I just wow. packed up like pretty much the day after we graduated law school. I packed up and headed to Nashville. And, and uh, I got lucky. I, um, I went up, I was, I was there for a week sleeping on a friend's couch, not even knowing like what I was going to do or my plan or anything. And, um, I went out with some friends and, uh, one of the guys was Shania Twain's, uh, steel player. And he asked me if I wanted to hop up on stage. Hmm and sing a couple and i and i sang i remember singing two songs and garth brooks uh, this garth brooks song friends in low places and the, and the whole place just sort of stopped and turned and listened which you know if you can get people in a in a bar to kind of shut up and listen yeah, that's always yeah. a good thing and i got off stage and there was a a and r person from sony oh my who gosh asked me if, who asked me if i had a three-song demo well i lied and said i did i didn't <laughs> you know so i called dave tough that night and said, Hey man, this just happened. He's like, well, why don't you come over to my studio on Monday and we'll talk. And, and then that's when we, that, you know, we started writing and, and put out that my first solo wow. album. Wow. Um, and, uh, the rest is kind of history. Amazing. Sort of. So some follow-up questions. Number one is, and I guess it's not a question, but I, I was listening to that story and wondering, like, did he actually finish law school? And, and you're saying, yes, you did. You did get your law degree. Oh, I did. Yeah, no, I have my law degree. In fact, I I plan on sitting for the bar probably in 2019. I'm, I'm I might take it um, here in February. Actually, um, I'm, so I'm thinking about that. Um, oh, wow. Wow. But yeah, I have my law degree, okay. and I just, um, in fact, I sang the national anthem at our at our graduation. But then, then like I think two days after we walked and graduated, I I packed up my car. I mean, I'm I am kind of like a walking cliche country song. My girlfriend <laughs> broke up with me the last semester. That's when I decided to 
to go to Nashville and I, I packed everything I owned in the, in the back of my car and drove out there for three days. It took me, you know, it took me about three days to drive out there. But so when you said that it was Shania Twain steel player, did you know that at the time or did you, did you find out later? Oh my gosh, that's who that was. No, I knew he, he oh, was someone okay. I knew. So okay. he, that's why I was even at the show. I was just kind of watching him play with some other folks. And, okay. Okay. you know, Nashville's kind of a, they're kind of communal like that. It was like one of those, he knew I could sing. So he just said, you want to hop up and sing a couple, uh, songs. And and I said, yeah, sure. You know? And, um, so it was just, you know, one of those, everything happened kind of like I had been out there for maybe a week when all this happened, Amazing, you know, and I know they say it's a 10 year town. You got to be out there, but I've been, I've been really blessed and fortunate to have good things happen, uh, with with that and with the lost trailers uh, relatively quickly. You well, know? but you know what, Jeff? I wonder, did that tell you in that moment that, see, I knew I was meant to come out here and do this? Yeah, oh, for sure. Because, I mean, I was, like I said, I was I was telling lies out in California. People were like, why are you moving out there? I was like, because I'm, I'm going to record an album. I got, I got the opportunity to record an album, and I didn't. Even with that girl with Sony, you know, I said, yeah, I can get you a three-song demo. I, You know, I just told them what they wanted to hear, you know, and it's almost like it all just kind of manifested. Wow, you know? wow, that's that's um, really cool. And listeners, he's talking about recording a demo, and, and we've been talking about the, the Lost Trailers new EP. It's always an exciting time. When someone has a new EP out or even a single, if you're someone who records or heck, maybe you perform and you're interested in recording one or more of your live shows, do check out all the recording solutions from Tascam. I wonder if you, did you know, listeners, that they even make a foot switch, which you might want to consider adding to your recording and performance rig. If you're familiar with Sound Guys, which is a news and media website, they recently included the Tascam US 1x2 in a feature called Best USB Interfaces Record to Your Computer. There is a wide, wide selection of recording solutions available from Tascam. Check out all that they have to offer and find a dealer at Tascam.com. It's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. If you're going to do a demo like Jeff had to do, you can use Tascam stuff. Heck, post on their social media that you hear me talking about them each week on Now Hear This Entertainment, especially if you've purchased something from them as a result of hearing about them on this show. So, Jeff, I want to go back to the part about Los Angeles, because in preparing for this interview, I was seeing enough of what I felt were indications that maybe you had lived out there at one point. So was that solely for law school or or like, were you doing music out there? Did you ever think maybe I'll just stay here? What were the Jeff Dane Los Angeles years? Well, I had been out there a couple of times. Um, Right before high school graduation, I uh, went out there and was planning to live out there. But like I said, I ended up joining the Army. And then I, I knew I wanted to go back out there, and I got a scholarship for law school. So I thought, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, the plan was to live out there. The plan, I mean, I've got like, I have my brother lives in San Diego with his wife and two kids. Um, I've got other family members and, and, and some of my best friends. To me, LA is definitely uh, a second home. I go out there several times a year and still, you know, okay. keep in touch okay. with every, my family and friends. But, you know, when I, whenever, um, and again, like I say, it sounds like a cliche, like a country song, but um, I uh, had a bad breakup that last semester of law school and, and sort of the whole, the whole city seemed haunted to me because everywhere I'd look at things would remind me of her. So mm. I needed to get out there. I needed to get out of there and, 
and that's why okay. I decided to go okay. to Nashville to do the to do the music. Listeners, shortly I'm going to be giving you, as I always do with every guest, I'm going to be giving you all the online destinations. In this case, it'll be for the Lost Trailers, but Jeff even has his own Twitter. And Jeff, I believe that's where I saw that you even list yourself as Nashville and Los Angeles. So so clearly you do spend a significant amount of time out on the West Coast. Yeah, and and from, from day one, even with the uh, the solo stuff that we did on my on my. California ain't that far EP, which is Jeff Dane EP, and even with bringing my sort of take on the Lost Trailers, we've got this Nashville produced sound, but certainly a heavily West Coast influence uh, vibe with it. That's cool. That's cool. And and a matter of fact, when you hit the homepage of the band's website, there's even a live video that was shot in Hollywood last year. Jeff, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. That almost looked like some kind of exclusive special event. Am I right? What was that? How slash why were y'all out there for whatever that was? Yeah, that was done in Hollywood. It was actually um, very intimate. It was uh, it was a small thing. It was it was us and then uh, Katie Cole, who's an artist in Nashville, and she's also the bass player for the Smashing Pumpkins. She was doing. Um, she played with us or in that show. Um, at the time, and I don't know what they're going to do with it still, but it was filmed for the purpose of doing a new reality TV show. And Uh. I don't know, you know, exactly what's going to happen with that yet. But, um, but yeah, it was really cool, intimate, uh, show with maybe a hundred people in the audience, you know? Um, and it was a lot of fun though. Yeah, uh, listeners, earlier this year, in January specifically, I was out in Anaheim at the NAM show, and I interviewed Chase Miller along with Nikki Barrett, and Chase had been on the show before, way back on episode 89, and he's based out there and is doing country music, and you know, it, it brought back memories to me of when I had interviewed Heather Jeanette, and I was kind of bringing up the whole concept of the stereotype, Jeff, like you're talking about that, well, people should be in Nashville if they're doing country music. And I remember episode 171, Heather Jeanette kind of laughed at me and said, duh, you can live in California, but you can fly to Nashville and record your music there if need be. And, and, I'm, and I'm not doing it justice, listeners. So if you want to go back, listen to episode 171. Yeah. Nashville can be like an office, so to speak, you know, too. I mean, it's wherever you feel creative and you're and you're being influenced to write and, and sing and record and and then yeah, I mean obviously going to Nashville to work with some of these great producers and these great studios. Like I remember the the first song I did as a solo artist, I got I was fortunate enough having to work with Dave Tuff that we recorded um in the studio where Patsy Cline recorded crazy. Wow. And I'm standing on the X where basically she sang crazy, sitting wow. here looking up at the sky thinking what am I doing here? You know, like, <laughs> this is, this is nuts. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you think about the whole Bakersfield sound coming out of California back in the day and, and then, yeah, down in people don't, people think they hear California and they don't think country, but I, I've got a lot of good friends who are, who are country artists out there living in, in, in Anaheim and Newport and stuff like that who, you know, who embrace that. And, and there's a lot of country fans out there in California. Well, I like that moment that you described standing on the same X where she had stood because there's 
kind of two different reactions there. It's, it's see, I knew I was meant to come out here because look at where I am. And then it's also, like you said, what in the world am I doing here? I, I'm standing on the same spot where she recorded where that. Like that's, yeah, it's one of those Mike Myers, I'm not worthy moments. Well, yeah, I was. And then at that same time, the engineer, he, he, he took us out. He took me out to the side of the studio. And he's like, this is where Simon and Garfunkel created the sound for the boxer, the uh, thunder crash, the mm. na 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 and showed showed me how they created that thunder crash sound there in that studio. Wow, wow! Yeah, on the boxer. So I mean, I'm there was just all I, I sort of geek out on that kind of stuff, you know. So <laughs> hey, it shows people that, that that you're human and that you know that you have the same reaction that that a non music person would. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Jeff, speaking of places where you've performed, because we were talking about that event in Hollywood. I came across a photo of you singing on a stage that was set up right outside the Bridgestone Arena where the Nashville Predators hockey games are played. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what that performance was? Yeah, that was one we did, oh, just a handful of months ago. I don't know, maybe six months ago. It was some, it was just like a an event. Like, you know how Nashville does that. They'll just set up stages you never know you come downtown you never know what you're gonna you're gonna find in nashville but uh it was just some sort of private event i say private it wasn't private to the extent it was on the street but uh they kind of closed down the street and everything for that and yeah we just uh, that was right after the ep had just come out so um we had an opportunity to sort of debut a lot of those new songs wow and stuff and we had a good turnout yeah and it was yeah it was it was right in front of bridgestone is it, um, and it and it's only been a couple months now, but is it more difficult to sustain the excitement from a release once it's been out for a while as opposed to because it sounds like then you you must have just been you know six inches off the stage that that here your new release was out and you're playing in Nashville on a big outdoor stage right by the arena, and it just must have been so much fun but but you know the longer that time goes by. When an artist releases something, does it become more difficult to make sure that you're just as excited performing for people six months out as it is six days or six weeks out? Yeah, there's, I think so. There's a difference in, in, in the um, in the feel overall, but um, but then it, it becomes more like, okay, which songs are kind of, you know, the cream rises to the top, so to speak, so which of these songs are really sort of catching fire where people are digging on that I really want to focus on, you know, on, on performing and stuff like that. Um, but then also that's the thing though. You never know. Like we came out of the gate thinking, okay, and this is always the case with any album or any song you think, Oh, this song is going to be the one that's going to really take off. And then all of a sudden (laughs) people start gravitating towards a song. You didn't even think they were going to, going to like, you know? So you just kind of, from from that standpoint, that's how that works. From an artist standpoint, I just try to, every time I hit the stage, put on the best show I can, and I feel most at home on stage. I mean, I love being in the studio. I love creating new songs and writing and, and stuff like that. I love that process. I like when the, the new stuff drops and to see people's reactions. But for me... It's and with the Lost Trailers, we've always been a band that's that's high energy. You know, we try to put on a rock show as a country act, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? So that's what I focus on. 
Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is think outside the box. Are you a little stiff on stage or are you in such a habit of doing the same old nothing when you're on stage? Consider taking an acting class or workshop and let the instructor know that you're a musician and want to have more of a presence when you're on stage performing. You don't have to be over the top, but especially if you're someone who always sits on a stool or just stands at a microphone that's on a mic stand, it's time to do something to get and hold the audience's attention more. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Listeners, I mentioned back in the intro that the Lost Trailers were actually founded back in 2000. Jeff, we have been blessed to get listeners to the show from 135 countries around the world, which means that while I know that there are lots of folks who know you and or the band listening right now, there are others who are just being introduced to Jeff Dane and to the Lost Trailers. So you joined the band in 2014, and I wonder... How did that opportunity come your way? Because it sounded from what I saw in my research as though you were one day doing solo Jeff Dane performing in local joints, and then all of a sudden we're on stage in front of 60,000 people performing with the Lost Trailers. Well, that is what happened. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I, wow. like I said again, I've been really lucky and blessed. I hadn't been out there that long, but Dave Tuff, my producer, had been doing some, uh, you know, work with them. He had produced their last, I don't know, handful of material. And then Jason Wyatt, the, the, the former lead singer, he decided to leave the band and, um, Stokes Nielsen, who, who created the band, who started the band, um, founded it. He, uh, came to Dave and was like, you know, we need a new singer. And Dave's like, I got your guy. And I remember, sitting in the studio with Dave and with Stokes and them sort of talking about me as if I weren't even in the room. They were like, <laughs> okay, has he been down playing Broadway? Has he been doing this? He's like, no, I haven't, you know, he's, he just, he's new. He's fresh, you know, he's fresh, all this stuff. And, um, Stokes was like, okay. And it was cool. I, I remember then like maybe a day later Stokes calls me and he's like, can you meet me for lunch? I said, yeah. And he sits me down. He's like, do you want to go out on a nationwide tour with the Lost Trailer opening up for like, you know, the likes of Brad Paisley and Big and Rich and mm. sharing, the, sharing the stage with all these huge names and stuff. And I was just, again, like sort of, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, of course I do. It's another one of those where am I right now moments. Is yeah, this really it really was. I mean, because I was, again, like I said, I was just playing these little honky tonks, um, in front of, you know, 30 people. And I think our first show, our first big show we went out on was, um, it was out on the East coast somewhere. And we played in front of like almost 40,000 people. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 
and, wow. and then ended up uh, the next year we played all the um, we played all the Titans games the the, the oh, actual, yeah. you know the Tennessee Titans games yeah. and so we there I am playing in the stadium looking at myself on a four story jumbo patron <laughs> you know in front of 60,000 people yeah. <laughs> I'll get nervous later. Right now, this is pretty stinking cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost easier when it's like that because you're just a – I mean, you're, it's, it's so massive that you don't even have, really have the opportunity to realize how, how big a crowd that is versus the more intimate crowds where you're right there and they're uh, – Okay. You okay. know, they're giving you high fives and stuff like that and you actually have to kind of – be more on if that makes sense i don't know yeah but yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to back up to something that you said because you know i go back and forth to nashville and, and listeners if if you're listening from nashville or you know if you're really entrenched in the music business and and you understand what what jeff and i are talking about you, you said that in the conversation that they were having as though you weren't in the room that one of the questions was is he playing down on broadway so was that being asked because those of us that know Nashville know that, you know, that's kind of the touristy section and, and it's a lot different from say, just going out to a a local writer's night somewhere. So was he saying that from the sense of he hoped you had, or he hoped you hadn't performed at the places on Broadway and, and why? He hoped I hadn't. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Broadway. I mean, it's great. And certainly back in the day when, of course, like 20, 30 years ago, that was maybe not a place you even wanted to be because that was kind of a rough part of town. And then it started to develop and now it's turned into this really amazing place where yeah. a lot of great artists have like opened up venues and restaurants yeah, there and it's, yeah. it's an awesome place to be and and especially if you're going to come visit nashville you, you got to go down there and check out that part of town yeah for i sure. think either the last time i was up there or maybe the time before that i actually went to the to the place that florida georgia line opened so i know all about mm-hmm. those. yeah but but so explain to the listeners why he was hoping that you had not performed on broadway those a lot of those people just they play down there and they and they're so talented and that's what makes them so talented is because they play down there five or six nights a week three or four shows a day and the way the broadway thing works is these bars open at 10 a.m. and they're 4 hour shifts so you're playing 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. and 10 p.m. you know what i'm saying to 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 2 a, you know hmm. 2 a.m. i yeah. mean and so as a vocalist as a as an artist and a vocalist it's really at some point can be really hard on your voice. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a guitar player, I, I've got friends like um, Dane Cook who plays bass for uh, Toby Keith. You know, when he's not on the road, he'll come down. You know, he'll still come down and pick up a show on Broadway. Just one, just to keep your chops up, and two, you know, just to meet and greet and 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 stuff like that. So it's a it's a fun environment, mm-hmm. but. Uh, as a as a as a vocalist as an artist it can be a little a little hard to play those kind of shows those four hour shows five or six nights a week yeah yeah really really beat you up vocally yeah yeah and so and at that time too that was sort of the transition of it becoming just this touristy area to becoming what it's become now, which is like this must see part of Nashville. Yeah. yeah um, gotcha. you know, cause that was a handful of years ago. And so, so now it's turned into, like I say, you know, Dirks has a place down there. Jason's got a place down there. Florida, Georgia line's got a place, you know, yep. uh, Blake's got his place there. I mean, you know, I, I it's, it's becoming really 
this cool place to be with great talent, great food, great atmosphere, you know, and, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't, you know, it, it's not, there's nothing negative one way or the other. It was just at the time, I think Stokes was hoping that, you know, I, you know, I was this fresh guy that nobody had basically really heard of yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause that's the other thing you, you can start to become really popular as, as a Broadway, as a Broadway performer down there, you know, as yeah. being on Broadway. I mean, there's a lot of guys who, who make their living never having to even lead Broadway. And I think Stokes was just hoping for the new lead singer of the Lost Trailers that it was somebody that nobody had really heard of yet. Yep, yep, gotcha. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line by Jeff Dane, lead singer for the Lost Trailers. Check out their official website at losttrailersmusic.com and then connect with them on social media as well. On their website, you will see icons to click on for their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram Their new EP, Between Stages, is available for purchase on iTunes this Friday, December 7th. They will be performing in Springfield, Missouri, if you are in or near that area. If you are not, then keep up with the band online to see where and when you can go see them perform. Last week for Giving Tuesday, I posted on my personal Facebook page that this show is a labor of love for me. It's a lot of labor, but the love doesn't pay the bills. I'm talking about things like web hosting, conference and meeting fees, promotional materials, flights, hotels, meals, advertising costs, the list goes on. So if you feel you get value from listening to Now Hear This Entertainment, even though it's not Giving Tuesday anymore, I'm talking about entertainment or educational value or both, I would be most grateful for your consideration of the Patreon for this show. You decide what you can afford to contribute. This is ongoing. It's not a 30-day crowdfunding campaign. Read all about it at patreon.com slash NHTE, or just go to the show website nhte.net and click on the support us on Patreon button to be taken there. And I want to give a special thanks to Isham Harris from Merchant Side Marketing Group, who recently upped his contribution to the Patreon. Many thanks for that. Jeff, you actually left the Lost Trailers in 2015 and obviously are back now. So again, for those who are somewhere in the world and just learning about you and or the band for the first time, can you just address that period of time and those developments, leaving the Lost Trailers, going out on your own and and now coming back? Yeah, I think the last show we played was the summer of 2016. Um, we we did a big show in Chicago, I remember. Um, and then sort of everybody was kind of at the point where people were wanting to try their own thing. Charles Longoria, our guitar player forever, uh, decided he was going to do some solo stuff. And uh. He's been really successful. Stokes had other opportunities. Okay. But yeah, so I, I kept wanting to, to make music. So that gave uh, Dave and I an opportunity then to do some some solo Jeff Dane stuff. And it's again, a whole different sound, much more, I would say poppier than the lost trailers are, um, coming more with that West coast, uh, vibe and, and background. Um, and we've got that, that EP or, well, we've got an album, uh, Hillbilly, the Hillbilly fire and, and between stages, or I mean, uh, California ain't that far rather, but it was fun. Um, and it's fun to do two different sort of projects like that. You know, I have I'm two sure. different sounds I'm and sure. different stuff. Well, while I'm being conscious of those listeners out there who are somewhere in the world where they haven't yet 
been introduced to Jeff Dane and or the Lost Trailers, why don't you just go ahead and tell the listeners who's in the Lost Trailers? And obviously, we know that you're the lead singer, but who does what in the band, just so that the people who are just finding out about the band can get more educated on the big picture here? Yeah, right now, it's um, it, it kind of varies. We've... Uh, we had, you know, it was it was myself and Stokes Nielsen, and Stokes is still an integral part of the band. I mean, he founded it, you know, and then uh, Charles Longoria and Jimmy Likens, um, and then Isaiah Lyons as uh, on drums, um, and he's an amazing drummer too. Um, with you know, now heading back out, getting ready to go back out on tour next year. Some of those guys have other projects going on. Um, so, you know, we've got a handful of guys that we that we can rotate okay. in and out. Okay. But, um, but as far as the recorded material, who handles the songwriting? Oh, well, that would be um, – we've got a core group of guys that we really write with, and it's me – um, Dave Tough, always. Dave, our producer, writes. And then, like I said, Justin Bush – out in California, who's a, again an amazing producer and songwriter, and then um, Trey Houston, who um, lives in Nashville but is originally out of Austin, Texas, um, Houston area. Um, to uh, those, the the four of us are sort of the core, okay, the core group, and then we'll bring in other, you know, other guys in Nashville to to maybe do certain songs, but for the most part, that the the four of us are the are the main core of the group gotcha. as far as the gotcha. sound and the songwriting and all that. We we're all like brothers, the four of us, and okay. so you know it's been fun to work with those guys too. Looking ahead now, I've mentioned a couple times the show this Friday in Missouri, but with the EP being out, is touring a large part of the plan for the Lost Trailers in 2019? Right. That's the plan. Like we've kind of, we, you know, we, we came back here this summer, went into the studio, did the new EP, you know, have a handful of new songs even after that coming out. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're now, as we speak, been setting up, you know, tour dates starting after the first of the year. So yeah, 2019 should be, should be a fun year to go back out on the road and, and and get back out there and introduce people, you know, the the older fans we're hoping, you know, are still going to enjoy what we're doing and then also, you know, subsequently capturing new new newer fans too who have never even heard, you know, heard our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And younger fans too. That's what's fun too, you know, cuz like you said, I mean, we've been around for a while and so we've got these solid this solid fan group which and they're great. They're amazing. Um every time I play, I mean, I love the fans that come up and and want to talk or or get autographs or whatever they're just so great but it's neat to see that we're getting a younger demographic now too who people who've never heard of us and listeners as jeff was rattling off the different names of the individuals that are a part of the lost trailers i when he mentioned the drummer it made me start thinking of the different instruments and so i want to thank boulder creek guitars for their support of NHTE. You have heard some guests on this show who play instruments from them. Heck, Lee Bryce even plays Boulder Creek guitars, but hear firsthand from people like Dave Jenkins from Pablo Cruz, who was on NHTE episode 243, or bass player Chris Donahue, who on a day when he was going to be playing with Emmy Lou Harris that night, talked to me for episode 248. These folks 
and lots more, including me, since that's what I play, love Boulder Creek. They do guitars, basses, and ukuleles. Check it all out at bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Jeff, we're almost out of time, but you talked earlier about the concept of between stages, and and I I mentioned the angle about the, the tough part of being on the road, but on a happier note, since you were just talking about the fans and things like that, and, and as common a question as this might sound, I, I never really asked this to guests, but what would you say is maybe your favorite part of what you do? Well, it's it's twofold. I mean, I, I really enjoy singing and performing, but I also, I would say it is, it's, it is the fan interaction. I remember, you know, early on with the trailers, um, you know, people, you know, you're tired after a show and people want to get on the bus and get on to the next city or whatever. But I would just sit there, you know, I didn't care how long the line was. I would sit there and just interact with the fans and, and, and talk to them and, and having people, especially having people come up and say, you know, this song touched me or this mm. song, you know, really meant a lot to me. Uh, it's weird. Cause you know, when you're in the studio, it's so mechanical. It's so, I mean, yeah, you bring emotion behind the mic as a vocalist, but it, there's also a lot of just sort of mechanics that go into recording a song to make it sound a certain way. And so you don't necessarily think that this, that what you're doing there in the studio is going to somehow affect people viscerally the way it does, yeah. you know? Well, I had a feeling um, that you were going to say something performance-related because you talked about, you know, that that's really where the band is meant to be is on stage, but... At the same time, that's a great answer. I, I I had to sit here and listen to it, though, and wonder, did he ever get to a point where somebody was on the bus going, Jeff, come on, man, like, we got a schedule to keep. You you, you got to get on this bus. Oh, it was always me. Yeah, it was always me that was holding holding people, holding the bus up. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, again, and, and it's not that the other guys were, you know, not grateful or willing, but it was just, you know, Hey, we got to, you know, we're in Chicago. We got to be in Wisconsin tomorrow. Let's go, let's go. We're tired. You know? And I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, sit here and, you know, just embrace this. Cause you never know how long it's going to last either. I mean, you mm. could be hot one day and, and gone the next. I mean, as far as, a, as far as an act goes wow, or an art or as far as an artist goes. So I, I never want and you know, and I always remembered growing up, hearing, you know, you know, Garth Brooks sold a million albums by shaking a million hands, you know? So, I mean, I wanted to always just respect the fans and, um, and embrace that opportunity to, to, to connect with them and talk to them. I love that. And hear their stories. I love that. Yeah. yeah and, and let me clarify when I said there would be people from the bus saying, you know, get on, get on here, man, we got to go. I meant the bus driver himself or maybe a, a tour manager or road manager or someone like that. Not yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's always somebody, you know, who's, who's saying, like, hey, let's, we got to keep the schedule. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we get paid to just have fun with our friends and sing songs. So, I mean, you can't take yourself too seriously, you know. I mean, I like it, it. but it's fun. But then, like uh, you it. know, at the same time, too, like I say, it's such a different, it's not, it's not 1980s rock hair bands. I mean, we're not, we're not crazy guys. So, you know, we, we have, we do have schedules to keep. It is a job, you know, so. Well, we're going to close today with another song from The Lost Trailers, one that I really enjoyed when Jeff sent it to me. And if you've listened to this show long enough, you know that when I really like a song, I say so. This is one called After All These Beers. Jeff, before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. 
Yeah, Dave Tuff wrote that song, actually, my producer. And uh, when we were going back in the studio to record new stuff, usually I, I at least try to co-write most of the stuff we, we, we put out. But he he played me this song, and um, I don't think he had any ideas of really doing much with it. And um, I listened to it, and it just hit me so hard. And I said, we have to record this. And it took me – I had to kind of fight for this song. I was like, listen, man, I really want this on the album. Hmm. I want to record this. And finally, he was like, all right, let's do it. You know, And I'm, I'm really proud of the way it came out. It's, it, it touches me emotionally too because it's – I mean, I've, you know, I've kind of been in this situation. You know, the, the, If you listen to the lyrics and the story – I felt this way. Like I said, the way what brought me out to Nashville there for a while, I did kind of just sort of drown myself in sorrow and, you know, it makes for good songs. But so, yeah, no, this I'm very, very happy with the way this turned out. Well, you should be. It's a great song, like I said, and uh, good stuff. This song and, and uh, the conversation really enjoyed talking to you, Jeff. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it, buddy. You bet. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Jeff Dane, lead singer of The Lost Trailers. Do visit their official website at losttrailersmusic.com and then engage with them on social media. So that means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and on Instagram. For that matter, tell them that you heard Jeff and the band's music on Now Hear This Entertainment. If you are in or near or will be in Springfield, Missouri. They will be there this Friday, December 7. Otherwise, keep up with the band online to see where and when you can go see them perform. As Jeff just mentioned, they will be touring extensively in 2019. And remember that their new EP, Between Stages, is available for purchase on iTunes. Once again, from my heart, I would be truly grateful for your consideration of the Patreon for this show. Look and see what you get from me as a thanks at the various levels, but decide if you're getting value from the show every week and then what level you are comfortable giving at. And in the process, know that it truly helps and it means so, so much to me. Go to nhte.net and click on the support us on Patreon button to check it out or head directly to patreon.com slash nhte thank you so much for listening we'll send you out with another song from the lost trailers this is the one that jeff just talked about it's called after all these beers got a week long hangover from staying out all night and telling myself i'm better off without you by my side spending all my time Running up this tab You see I don't regret those hurtful things That I've said in the past At least that's what I tell myself But after all these beers I'm still in this bar Thinking about all the things I did And how I broke your heart Falling down It reminds me of the bitter truth You're not coming back around I've just got to drink enough To drown you out of fear I know I 
After all these years. After all these. 